All right, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Rebel with Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me this evening, our wonderful favorite bartender of all time, the, the type that will hand out a drink to Bigfoot if he pulled up to the bar. Please welcome Rebel Scum Han, also known as the Cryptid Bartender. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you doing? Ah, doing okay. Good. Uh, better than uh, last night when the, when Mrs. Rebel decided she was going to stay up all night watching the Twilight movies. And oh, God. The, and the little five-year-old didn't want to go to sleep, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. Those movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, at one point, I was like, I woke up like several times during the night because she headed up at full volume. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God. are you still watching the first one? And she's like, no, I'm just watching all of them. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, back in the day, um, my, my ex and I went to this place called Anniversary Inn in Salt Lake City. It was basically a bed and breakfast where every single room was very heavily decorated with a certain theme. So like there was an Egyptian room and everything was like full decked out, like, like, like sarcophagus and all kinds of crap everywhere, right? They yeah. had a twilight room. And at first I'm thinking it's just, oh, okay, a cutesy name. It's foresty. No, it's literally based on Twilight. Oh, God. And they have the movies in there. They have the bed. Everything is surrounded with like foresty stuff, cute little fairy lights, all kinds of crap. And then uh... there's a separate area with a separate little one-person bed and a TV. So I would assume that's for the man to go to because let's be real, he doesn't want to watch those movies with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Mrs. Rebel used to work at a bookstore a long time ago, and her favorite uh, selection of books is the young adult stuff. So she mm -hmm. got all of those Twilight books. So when the movies came out, of course, I had to go with her to the theater. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, how bad is a little teenage vampire movie going to be? And uh, <laughs> it got to the part where he shows himself during the daylight and he started sparkling. I was like, <laughs> nope. I got up and I left. Oh my God. Funny enough, I did not actually read those books. My ex did out of morbid curiosity. And he was like, that was the dumbest crap I've ever read in my life. And he was telling me like, <laughs> I'm like, if I remember correctly, there's like a line about like, about what's, I can't even think of his name. Edward. Isn't Edward, Edward Cullen. Edward? Okay. Okay. And it unfortunately I've been about... gifted with eidetic memory. So I get to remember all this stuff, whether <laughs> I choose to or not. <laughs> I believe it says something about Edward's perfectly sculpted eyebrows. Is, yeah, no, I, no, I thank you. that's I'm an actual quote. <laughs> like, it's such cringe it's so much cringe yeah yeah the whole the whole thing and then they came out with uh 50 shades of gray which was a fan oh, fiction God. of twilight yeah and then they oh, just ran God. with it <laughs> i i didn't watch that i have no interest in that kind of crap absolutely yeah. none absolute garbage oh well this is this is what society is coming to right right <laughs> but that's not why we're uh, here to discuss uh crappy uh uh, teenage vampire movies. Uh, you've got a new project in the works. I do have a new project in the works. I actually I need to update it today or tomorrow. Um, it's it's nothing really like that big of a deal right now. I'd like to get it more of a big deal, <laughs> but right now it's just very early stage. Um, I just kind of started a homeschooling blog because it, it that is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. I've been homeschooling my kids since the very beginning, like since they were born. And yep. I was off and on homeschooled myself. So I am very much a huge advocate, or at least I try to be an advocate for it. I try to, that's kind of one of the reasons why I post so much about my kids and their accomplishments. Cause it's like, guys, this is what homeschooling does. And your, your kids won't be able to have this same level of success and experiences as a public school child. Yeah, very true. And uh, I, I do enjoy those posts, especially with your little dude playing guitar, because, you know, I'm a guitar <laughs> player, too. And uh, that kind of stuff is like, oh, man, he's getting into it early. He's going to be yeah. so good by the time he's 15. Right. He um, he actually got that guitar um, about a year ago and I had signed him up for online classes. And then just a few months, a couple months later, life just got really crazy. And I didn't really have the money to um, renew his membership because it expired in January. Right. And um, so I, I finally got the money to do it. They were having a half off sale for their memberships for a whole year. So I'm like, all nice. right, now it's time to do it. And he's been putting in the work every day. He's really enjoying it. So I'm, I'm happy to see that because you never know with kids, you know, they'll say, oh, I want to learn this. I want to learn that. And then they get discouraged and they lose interest or they just get kind of bored. They don't feel like they're progressing fast enough. And then they're like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, so I did yeah. have a 
big talk with him before um, he got this guitar. Cause I'm like, you can't just try it a couple of times. Be like, oh, that was so cool. And then be done. This is something I need to see commitment from. And you're going to mess up. Oops, sorry. You're going to mess up. You are going to feel frustrated. You're going to have those days where you feel like you just can't get it. And that's okay. Like every yeah. single famous guitar player has all had those days. They all started off just sucking. Like it's that's, all good. That's right. Eddie Van Halen and Ying V. Malmsteen weren't virtuosos yes. like out of the crib. You know, they, they all had to start somewhere. Yes. And actually Eddie Van Halen is his favorite. He, that in fact, last year for his birthday, it was an Eddie Van Halen themed birthday party. That was <laughs> part of the reason why he wanted the guitar. I did his cake all red with like the stripes, like the guitar and everything. Oh yeah. Like, the yeah, the the Frankencaster. Yes. Yeah. So he actually wanted he wanted me to find him a red guitar so I could make it look like his, but I couldn't find one in his size. So yeah, I, I mean, I had that one. I had that half scale that I was trying to give give to you, and it's a red one. It's a red Stratocaster, which yeah. you could, which you could have done a lot with, but uh, maybe maybe when he's a few years older. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's he. My kids are a little on the small side, and that half one is the what? Well, I think it's half. It's tiny. Like so, understand? Yeah, it's got a micro scale. Know. It's it's like practically almost like a piccolo guitar. It's it's yeah, it's little, and um, I mean it fits him fine. But I mean, like it's it is awkward. Like keep in mind, I don't know anything about playing guitar either. I wanted to learn <laughs> growing up. I was not provided that opportunity in the slightest. And so I don't know anything about it, but I'm like, shoot, if he gets into this, he's doing online classes and if he gets stuck, I have to figure out how to get him unstuck myself. So (laughs) I'm like watching him play while watching these tutorials and he'll try and he'll try and he'll try. And I'll, I'll see him kind of goofing up a little bit. Maybe he doesn't have his finger on a fret right or something. And I'm like, okay, give me the guitar. And I'm sitting there playing the same crap he is like learning as he's learning so i can like understand okay gabe you gotta do this and so it's a little it's awkward because i don't have my own so yeah i'm doing this itty bitty little guitar (laughs) trying to learn how to use it so i can help him but it's paying off he loves it so yeah i mean the video he posted the other day he was like uh he was playing satisfaction and i was like oh no he's getting it he's almost there yeah, yeah, that was um, that was his first time learning those those notes and everything. So um, he practiced a few times before, and every and I and he was kind of a little discouraged. And I'm like Gabriel, every single time you do it again, I can tell it's better, it's smoother. You're you're getting the notes in the better timing. You're you're actually doing it, and that's kind of part of the reason why I was recording because then he would watch the video and he could hear that yep. improvement himself. Yeah, so he was watching that he was getting that feedback and he was like oh my god i can do this and it made all the difference in his attitude yeah and especially with everything that's been going on in the last uh year and a half uh homeschooling has become quite the huge thing so now is pretty much the the best time to start a blog about uh your experiences <laughs> with that because i guarantee you, you're not the only mom out there who's trying to figure everything out and uh when they, when you get a group of you guys together, you know, just good things are just going to happen. I feel like for the most part, I have a fairly good grip. Um, cause like I said, I didn't start homeschooling just because of COVID or anything. I've been homeschooling. Yeah. You've been doing it a long time. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, even when they were like two and three years old, um, my kids are only about a year apart. So when they were about two, three years old, three and four years old, I was still sitting there with flashcards with them every single day to teach them the alphabet, to teach them how to count, um, you know, the colors, shapes, et cetera. I was reading to them. Oh my gosh. My, my son would bring me a stack of like 15 kids books every day. And I was to sit there and read them all to them or every single day, or he was not happy. Uh, my kids got into sign language actually, when my daughter was about five, they're about four or five years old and they're still continuing how to learn that. Yeah. So um, on top of just all the extra stuff, they do have an actual like online curriculum that they do, but they tear through it. I mean, both of them were done with all the whole week's worth by yesterday afternoon. So then they've got Friday, Saturday, Saturday, mostly off on Fridays. I usually leave that to like elective days. Um, like today they, they did some sign language practice. They did um, my daughter did some handwriting practice. And then I got them like a craft kit of little felt puppets. So they built a bunch of puppets and then they did a puppet show together. 
you know, so, and um, Bible studies, I'll print out like Bible study coloring pages and just the basic, like, you know, stories from the Bible for them. So I try to give them something every day to keep them learning, but I try to keep it fun and pertaining to what they want to do in life. Yeah, that, that's kind of the trick is you got to get the kids interested in what they're learning about. Otherwise, that's it's a brick wall. You're, you're not going to get through there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. with my son, you know, he had this this little guitar when we uh, when we adopted him and he would try to play it. But because he wasn't Eddie Van Halen out of the box, <laughs> he would uh, he would get frustrated and he would yeah. he would watch me play. And now I'm like sitting there trying to show him. I was like, look, you, you know, here's a power chord. This is like the majority of rock guitar right here. <laughs> And even then he was like, yeah, no, but you know, now he, uh, I've at least got him into the piano. So he, he does like learning the piano. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my kids have had pretty much the same like dreams of what they want to be when they grow up for about half their lives. <laughs> uh, I, I'm never going to forget when, when my son was four years old, he walked up to me and he sounded so like matter of fact like here's the deal you know and had this serious little look <laughs> on his face and he goes mommy i've been doing some thinking <laughs> and i'm like okay oh, now you know you're in my, trouble <laughs> my four-year-old child you know like, what were you thinking about it's like sure laid on me little man <laughs> right he goes i've decided that i'm going to start learning how to cook and I'm going to work very early so I can go to bartender school like you. And then I'll go to be a bartender to make lots of money. And then I will use that for restaurant school so I can learn how to restaurant. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, that's a solid plan, kid. Like you stick with that. that. That's right. He's got, he's got that <laughs> whole future mapped out. <laughs> right. And he hasn't strayed very far from that. And then my daughter wanted to be a doula for a long time, mostly because my, my mother was learning how to do yeah. it. And my daughter just loves babies. She just loves making babies happy and she loves nurturing and healing. So she's actually obsessed with the show Baby Story right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's her current obsession. And she loves holistic medicine. She loves learning anatomy. Like it's actually pretty incredible because she's, she's like, she just turned nine. You know, but she knows yeah. what she wants to do and she sticks with it. Well, there you go. I mean, if you once you find them that they've got an interest in something, it's it's going to be pretty hard to tear, tear them apart from it. So, yes, absolutely. And, you know, with kids, they can always change one year. They want to be a rock star. The next year they want to be a fireman. The next year, depending on their age, they want to be a fire truck. You know, like they don't know yeah. what the hell they're doing. <laughs> but um no, so far they've been sticking with everything. So, I mean, I'm sure eventually they'll probably have a change in heart. And, you know, it's, I, I was 16 when I changed from my, you know, age three career goals. So you never know, but for yeah. right now they're learning the basics. They're, they're getting the actual core curriculum. And then everything else is just based on life skills and what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. And that's the, that's probably about the best thing. And, uh, you know, the government schools, they can't recreate that at all. No, <laughs> you know, it's just, it just can't and like even the private schools. Cause my, my two kids, they go to private schools. You know, my, uh, my son goes to a private school that specializes in, uh, dyslexia because he's, mm. he's got that. And then, uh, my daughter's going to a Montessori school, which is a lot of, uh, functional knowledge. Yes. Right. For at least, you know, for a five-year-old and, um, and uh, they, they both seem to like it. Uh, my son, you know, he has he has to be motivated every now and then to yeah. go. And he's like, you know, I hate I hate math. I was like, well, I get that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 gonna suck. And maybe math just isn't going to be your thing, you know. And if that's the case, right. I could teach you how to, you know, you know, balance your bank account, make you learn about compounding interest and all that other stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just never know. And just maybe later on he'll pick it up. You know, it's like I I hated math myself. And then when I got into drafting, you know, they make you take a, a calculus and a trigonometry course. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I started to get it and I was in my thirties, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was pretty okay with math. My daughter does struggle with math, but that's, you know, in my family, it's like, you're either a genius with math or you don't get it in the slightest. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like me, like I did pretty good in math. I was, uh, I, I stopped after algebra two just because we didn't have any teachers to teach anything beyond that. At my yeah. So I didn't get to do anything beyond that, but I mean, I was still getting like, you know, A's. I mean, I graduated, I got out of a uh, 
geometry with with like 137 percent overall grade or some crap like but my daughter doesn't quite get it so sometimes i do have to sit down with her she'll work on her quizzes and it's just not sticking but i try to make it fun like yesterday um i don't know i handle things typically with a sense of humor thank goodness my kids are still at the age where they think i'm funny and not embarrassing so um i'm i was sitting there with her and we're going over like estimations and multiplication things like that and um adding and subtracting very large numbers and so i'm breaking it down and i'm like okay 491 minus 387 and I, I, would, I would draw like a little stick figure of a random person, give her a name and be like, um, Tiffany has a gum hoarding problem. And so <laughs> she has 587 pieces of gum. She realizes she has a gum hoarding problem. And so she goes to her friend, Alice, and she says, Alice, please help me with my gum hoarding problem. Please take some of this gum off of my hands. And she's like, my daughter's just like laughing because it's just absurd, <laughs> but it's keeping her happy. You know, it's keeping her yeah. focused. She knows it's dumb. She's like, mom, what the heck, you know? But, and then afterwards we got through her, her work. She felt more confident. She gave me a hug and she's like, thank you for helping me. You made it silly. And I liked that, you know? I mean, that's, that's the key. Keep it fun. That's really the main core. Yeah. Well, the other thing is you, you told a story with that math problem mm-hmm. and that's what got her interest. Maybe yes. not so much the math problem, but you told a story about it. <laughs> Yes. And it just helped her understand it better. Cause when you apply it to, I say a real life situation, I can't imagine anyone actually has a gum hoarding problem and is begging people to get it off their hands, but you know, <laughs> quote, <laughs> real life situation, when you put names to them and you apply it to an actual, like, you know, an actual situation, an actual experience, it just clicks in their head better. Yeah. You know, and I'm kind of the same way, like, I'm very much a visual learner personally. Um, A big struggle for me in school was actually driver's ed. And that was because we didn't, we didn't like actually get out and practice driving. We were just given black and white illustrations of what to do with like, you know, seven different steps per little sketch. And I'm not going to lie, that crap goes completely over my head. So like I... I mean, I passed, but it took a lot of work for me to be able to understand what they were trying to tell me. And I mean, they would have like um, sketches of like car parts and everything would be like labeled all tiny. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? And it's the same with a lot of things. I'm the same way with like sewing. I cannot do just plain sewing paper patterns. I can follow an online tutorial. I cannot do a paper pattern. And it's hard because when you're in a public school, you're just expected to be able to catch up. You're expected to be able to follow along no matter what your learning style is. And when you can't, it makes you feel stupid. And the kid's not stupid. It's just, that's just an issue that they just can't really work with. And like, I mean, it was hard because like with me, I was like excelling in all these other things and then failing in this one stupid class. And I'm like, why can't I get it? And it's just because my, my learning style was not matching the learning style being used to give us the information. And so that is very difficult on a lot of kids. And that's why homeschooling is another benefit because then you pay attention to your kids. You're learning their learning style. You see, oh, okay, my child learns really well from books. My child learns well from hands-on experiences. My child learns well from, from audio and listening. And then you can work with that to give them the same information. You don't get that in public school. You just either fail or you succeed, and that is it. Yeah, the the public school, the government school uh, model is kind of based off of that old Prussian military model. They just need yes. someone to maintain the machines, you know, for the for the elite, and that's all they really need. So, I mean, rote memorization, and you we have this the whole the whole time. So, like when we were learning. You know certain things in history we uh we made little songs about it you know in 1492 columbus sailed the ocean blue right uh, yeah and uh it, there was no actual intelligence behind anything that we were doing <laughs> you know you weren't supposed to be thinking about the the thing right. you you're being just taught. memorizing right and then and what as happened? soon as you left school it was pff, out your brain yes exactly i mean god i was sitting there trying to help 
my, my son the other day with his schoolwork, um, he's trying to enjoy social studies. This is actually how I was as a kid too. He's trying to enjoy social studies, but he just doesn't, you know? And yeah. I was the same way as a kid. There were certain things about history and social studies that I really was into. I was really into like ancient um, Mayan, Aztec, et cetera, type stuff. I had no interest in like American history. It was just so boring to me, you know, me <laughs> yeah. versus learning about like all these ancient gods and heart ripping sacrifices. And you know, <laughs> it's, it's a very different tone, you know? And so, so my son is dealing with the same problem and he just had a lesson on the Inuit people. And I, I was going over his scores to see if there was anything that needed to be retaken. And he was doing really good, but he got a low score on that quiz. So I'm like, okay, buddy, what happened here? Because he knows he's supposed to take notes. If a word is highlighted, write the word down, write the definition, refer back to your notes if you have to. And he does. And he's like, I did. The quiz just didn't make any sense. Oh. So I'm like, okay, I will sit down with you and go over with this. And oh my gosh, I, I don't blame him for that low score. <laughs> yeah. I, I was looking at it and it was, there were so many emotions. I'm like, first of all, half the questions are literally the same question, just worded differently. Secondly, some of the questions aren't even grammatically correct. They literally don't make sense. And the multiple choice answers aren't written correctly, grammatically. So they don't make sense. And I'm just like, you know, you're expecting these kids to be able to just succeed and excel and get 100%. You, you, you're either on a roll or, or you're mediocre and you're going to fail. And meanwhile, the educators can't even spell the curriculum right. And then I'm, I'm also looking through all this and it's asking all these questions. I'm like, I can't even help you. Like I can give a best guess. I can try to use deductive reasoning on some of these questions, but it's been so long. I don't go just go walking around talking about the freaking tundras of, of the Arctic. Like I don't remember most of this information. It's not yeah. going to pertain to most of us. There's nothing wrong with learning about it, but to set their emotions up to be like, Oh, I'm either going to fail and be stupid or not, which is it going to be? That's not healthy for their mentality. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy making too, because uh, just when you thought you've learned at least one thing and then you get to the test and they ask a question kind of not how you learned it and it's mm -hmm. a little bit of out of context and so you're going to get that answer wrong and then you sit there beat yourself up over it. it's like no this was the right answer and right yeah and well, then sometimes you do have mind. to kind of trust your gut and go with the first answer that pops in your mind because sometimes that's the right, right one so yes yes that's kind of what i had to help him with too. i was like uh, i mean i guess maybe this makes sense. like one of the questions was like how did they get their vitamins or vitamin c and vitamin d and it had all these different options and i'm like either one of three of these sound like they would make sense and i'm like okay only one of them has fruit as an option. And I would assume they're getting their vitamin C from fruit. So Gabriel, I'm going to assume that's the correct one. Like, I don't know, right. don't quote me on that, you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, we had to like, he's like, they didn't even tell us this in the lesson. And I remember yeah. that happening too. all these questions. We were just expected to somehow know. And then the teachers would say, well, if you really cared about your education, you would have gone home and you would have done more research on the topic. And then you would have known the answer. Um, no, <laughs> go to hell. What the? I'm at school for like eight, nine hours a day. I come home, I got three hours of schoolwork. I'm literally stopping eat dinner, then continue my homework and then get ready for bed. I'm not going to do more. Like, screw you. <laughs> I was like, was it for extra credit on this? this right. particular if it wasn't one? for extra yeah. credit, then like, why would I care? I'm not <laughs> going to use this information in my daily life. Even my geometry teacher, somebody asked him like, are we actually going to use geometry in our daily lives? And he said, not unless you're a geometry teacher or an architect. <laughs> he like flat out said it yeah. and we all just kind of laughed but it was kind of a bittersweet laugh because we're like oh he's right though like yeah. but what can we do about it you know yeah. and even he you really. could tell in his face he's like what what can i do about it like you have to take it so here yeah. i am you know well, the state says i have to give you this test so i gotta give you yeah this exactly test. and that was that you could tell that was essentially his mood yeah yeah, the the NPC thing was 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 strong back in the day. They, they didn't know they were NPCs. It was it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? I know. I did have a couple of teachers that were really great and they were full of life and they loved seeing me succeed and I was always kind of a god, I was always very heavily a black sheep. I was actually telling <laughs> my boyfriend yesterday I was thinking about the time frame because I didn't start off in public school. I was homeschooled 
up until a little later in fifth grade. So I started public school as a new student, like I think like three months in the school year, if I remember correctly, it was it was somewhere in like in the middle of the first uh, uh, half of the school year. And so I was 10 by the, and I was pretty eager. I was pretty excited because they portrayed public school as this exciting place on TV where you're learning new things and you're make, yeah. making, all, you're meeting all these goals. You're making new friends, blah, blah, blah. Your teachers love you. And I get there. And it's the and exact it, opposite. Oh God. It was <laughs> hell from day one. I was a chubby kid. <laughs> so I was made fun of for being fat. I was, uh, <laughs> I started my first day of school the same day a student died. Oh, well, that's, that's not fair. I was the omen child. <laughs> you know, like it was horrible. My teacher did try really hard to help me. He was very sweet. He was amazing, but he was one of the very few. Yeah. You know, it took me, so that's what I was, that's what I was getting at. It took me a whopping two years for me to go. Public school is the worst thing on the freaking planet. And my, and my sixth grade, so like in between there, wasn't even that bad. There were some moments that I was like, this is not right. Yeah. But I was, I was still optimistic because at that point I lost weight. All the guys in school had a crush on me. Apparently like life was a little better. at that point. <laughs> and, um, I was, I was on a roll student. I was excelling in everything. And so I was feeling good, but there were still moments I was like, this is wrong. This is authoritarian and I don't like it. And then by seventh grade, everything went downhill. It was absolute, just pure hell. And by that point, I wanted nothing to do with public school ever again. So by the time I was 15, I was at my fourth high school and um, every day was hell. Every day was absolute hell for every worst case situation you can imagine. And um, with the teachers, with the students, um, in fact, shortly after I got out of that school, um, my mom called me downstairs and said, did you know a Gregory Rayburn at your last school? And yes, I'm absolutely name dropping right now. And I was like, yeah, he's my history teacher. He's the one that flunked me for no reason because all my grades were good. And she said, he just got arrested for failing girl students and bribing them with good grades in exchange for nude photos. Nice. So yeah, I'm like, well, that explains some things, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at that point, I was like, that's it. That's it. I mean, at that point, I, I was finally homeschooled. I was literally coming home begging to be homeschooled again. And my mom was like, okay, fine. Well, my, 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 I would come home crying to my stepdad. And he would relay to her. And then she was like, okay, we'll get her out of it. And she was kind of upset because one of the reasons why we moved in that house is because she wanted me to go to that high school. It was literally one of the best high schools in the state of California. And it was hell every day there was a new problem that was just horrible and completely beyond my control. And so I switched to independent study after that. And then I completely thrived. I, every, it was, it was all so different. And that was just to me, everything it was like, no, I'm never going to stick my kids in public school. I have already gone through too many health stories. I'm not putting the risk of giving my kids those same experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Don't doubt. I don't doubt it at all. Yeah, it's when I was in high school, it was, uh, you know, small town high school. So uh, we didn't really have too many problems. Uh, you know, there was some teachers that were just kind of openly racist, you know, it was, <laughs> you know, you're going into the gym class and I had just like got there from, you know, the big city Baton Rouge. And mm -hmm. uh, he was like, well, I bet you they had a lot of black kids in your school. It's like, yeah, and he goes, well, we only got one nigger here. He's right over oh there. My we're, God. Like, like, we're like, um, okay. Oh my God. And you said this out loud just now. <laughs> Right. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, um, I had some pretty nasty teachers too. I had ones that were just, I had the pedophile one. I had bullies, um, in that same school, I had to sign up for an elective and, um, the, literally the only one available they had, they had at that point. Cause I started later in the school year again was ceramics, which I was not thrilled about, but it was literally yeah. my only option. She was <laughs> so making coffee mugs before oh. and now she's making coffee mugs still so right so I, I i go in and the teacher just instantly did not like me and i'm like what did i do you it's know? so funny that that happens in life yeah. you just walk in and just somebody just automatically just hates your guts and you've yeah you, and that's you, you haven't even said hello yet <laughs> yeah that's how 
how she was. I could tell she just had this attitude and kept giving me dirty looks. And I'm like, okay, you know, like whatever. And I sat down and she's like, where's your work from the beginning of the year? And I'm like, you mean when I wasn't a student here? Cause I wasn't a student here, you know, like what? <laughs> and she starts like, I don't care. I don't give a shit. You are to come back here and do all that work. And I'm like, no, That's like, um, <laughs> no I'm not. What? <laughs> she would. Oh my God. So like the guy, the guy, in she front made a of project me, out of you. Is that, is that what, is that what happened? Oh God. Okay. So like the guy in front of me, he literally would just take slabs of clay and create a giant pile and stick a penis on it. He literally did that for every project. All right. That makes sense. He got an A, he got an a plus. Oh, of course. Creative. Me, who actually did the work and actually try to follow along with curriculum would get told that is absolutely fucking hideous. And I'm real tempted to just smash it right in front of your face to make a point of it in front of wow. this class. Wow. Straight from the teacher's mouth. And I'm just like, you're a ceramics teacher. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like, like what is this? I, this is ceramics. Like, can you calm down please woman? Like what the hell? So then I started like, she wanted me to come in my lunch breaks to make up, to do my work all over again. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. She would send the like biggest, meatiest football players to come hunt me down and try to like threaten me to come into the classroom. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It was just right? one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was coming home every single day. That was not even half of what went on in that school. And so I was just come home just in tears, bawling, like, get me out of here. I can't do this. I cannot do this. And my mom was looking at my grades because my grades very much reflected on my mood. If I was feeling comfortable, if I had like a friend in the class, at least like just one person I felt I felt safe with, my grades were excellent. If I did not feel safe, if I was uncomfortable, my grades just tanked and my grades started to tank. I went from this honor roll, like genius level scores to just falling apart in a matter yeah. of months, you know? And so she was like, okay, we need to change the situation. She put me in an independent charter program. And so basically how that worked was I would get my main subjects and all the curriculum a month in advance and it would be separated by each week. I would have to go to school for like a couple of days, but for things like Spanish, you know, cause you can't just learn Spanish from a book, you know? Yeah. You, so, you actually do have to speak it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it, that was it. I would go in for like an art class once a week or for like an hour, you know, it was just little bits like that. I then graduated. So we had in California, we have the California high school exit exam. Mm -hmm. And it's designed where for your freshman year, you prepare for it. You get acquainted with the format, you study, you just prepare yourself for that. And then you're not expected to pass it on the first try. They, they let you take it every year until you pass it. I passed mine on the first try with some of the highest scores my school had ever seen. And it was all just because I felt comfortable. I was able to do things at my own pace. Yeah. My, my, my uh, main teacher was actually very very welcoming with that she knew i was different she knew i had my own method of doing things she was like okay as long as you understand the the core of the lesson i don't care do it however you feel like you need to and so because i had that freedom and i wasn't being harassed i wasn't i was doing things on my own pace i wasn't being judged for doing things differently picking unconventional topics and subjects for my reports you know what i mean um, there was none of that. And I, I thrived and that's really, that's, that's the main difference with kids that, su that succeed in life. And if they don't, it's their confidence. Yeah. And, and unfortunately the, uh, the government school will just rip the confidence away. What, oh, God, whatever absolutely. little that they had to begin with. Cause you know, all kids are kind of, you know, awkward and weird starting off cause they're still trying to figure <laughs> things out and yes. And of course, the government school is going to find whatever little weakness that they can. And like in your case, oh, yes. you know, walk in, the teacher just automatically doesn't like you. you know? mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I did spend some time technically as a teacher I because I, I taught bartending professionally at our only bartending school in the city. Yeah. I think state maybe even. I don't know. I think we, maybe there's one more in the state. I don't remember. But at the very least in the city, it's the only one. And that, again, that was the main thing I noticed with my students was if they succeeded or if they failed, it was based on confidence and confidence was very, very difficult for a lot of my students because a lot of my students were broken, desperate people. I mean, I, one of them was just had just gone out of prison for 
homicide 25 years before, you know, Um, one of them was a stripper who had to get a different job in order to keep her kids with her, you know, like everyone had this really sad, scary situation that they were trying to like, they just wanted a new start and they were afraid they weren't going to get the new start because they got, well, I mean, think about it, CPS, get a new job or you can't have your kids. Um, you know, I mean, now homicide is homicide, so I can't really, you know, argue with him being, um, contained for a bit, but I mean, he got out and he's like, I just want to start over. I feel like shit. I know I I want to make amends and I want to have a good life. And so I, that was kind of my main job where there were only two other workers at that school and none of them are teachers. They were just staff and they were hardcore military moms. Yeah. So they were like, they made everybody uncomfortable. Like that's well known. They make everybody uncomfortable. They're so like straight faced and intimidating, you know? Yeah. And I come in there and I'm just this bubbly little peppy little shit, like (laughs) cracking jokes and Hey guys, how you doing? And then I end up becoming everybody's therapist because they start warming up to me and my personality and (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, I can't tell you how many times I get off work and I'm just crying. I'm just like, I didn't expect this emotional investment, you know, like it was, it was hard, but at the end, every single time they graduate, like I've had, I had students crying on me. Cause they were like, I had no hope. I was failing. I was failing. I was failing. And every day you stayed behind and you helped me find tricks to help me remember. And you showed me that I can do this. And now I feel like I can take on the world. And that was, that was such an incredible feeling, you know? And it was like, all I did was help them find their confidence. They did all the work themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But with bartending, yeah, I can only imagine uh, the types of people that have to go to that. You know, it's, uh, you might have a few that, you know, want to actually do the bartending itself because, you know, they watch the movie Cocktail and Tom Cruise makes it look all cool and everything. (laughs) See, that's how I was. I wanted to do the actual bartending. So I would, I I excel at it. I mean, I know I sound like I'm bragging constantly, but I mean, I I legit, like I I took the class. They had me skip the last half of the class of the, of the test because they knew I was going to ace it. Yeah. And I kid you not, I went across the street to celebrate, went to the bar and one of my classmates went, with with me and he ordered a blue hawaiian the bartender didn't know how to make a blue hawaiian and he just oh. looked at me and i taught her how to make it on the spot like right he's like you literally just graduated and five minutes later you're teaching a bartender how to bartend like yeah there you, you go know? four <laughs> months later i was teaching it professionally so i i loved it but that was that was just it that's the thing i loved the job i loved the skill and i was confident in the skill that's why I succeeded. And so I get all these students who are like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I'm a failure. I'm a fuck up. I blah, 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 blah. And I, I, my life is ruined. And they're just hoping this will get their foot in the door to a better life. Yeah. And they would come to me like the day before the finals, like in tears. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. I try and try and I'm so panicked. I'm like, okay, we're going to figure out another method for you to be able to retain this information. And I would, I would talk them through it. I'd give them ideas and I would stay like, I would have three hour breaks in between my classes and I would stay the whole time. Just, yeah. Just to helping. make sure that they got it. Yeah. Yes. And afterwards, like we would have like surveys that they're supposed to fill out about me as a teacher. And every single time they're like, she, she, she gave me this confidence. I didn't know I had oh, and they excel and then they'd go get a job somewhere right afterwards. And I was like, there you go. Like, I knew you could do it, but you didn't know you can do it. But now you know you can do it. And now you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Kids are the same way. Yep. And, and that's exactly the type of attitude that we need going forward, because obviously the uh, government schools are all failing us. <laughs> right. uh, and then this, the, the whole last 18 months of the, of the nonsense. And that's probably what I'm going to refer to it going forward <laughs> is the nonsense. This yeah. kind of opened uh, parents' eyes. They're kind of seeing that what their kids were learning in school wasn't exactly what they thought it was. You know, it's yes. not the Norman Rockwell painting of, you know, <laughs> reading, writing, and arithmetic. It was like, right. wait, why are you guys learning it? To- no. <laughs> just, just right. Learn. Right. Exactly. And um, my mom had that real hard too, actually. My, she eventually had us all homeschooled because she went through that. She was like, what the hell is this crap? And then the teachers were getting, I mean, keep in mind, this was in California. The teachers are getting more and more politically bold 
which is illegal, by the way, yeah. but they would do it anyway. Like, I remember one time I, my youngest brother came home and he was just pissed. And keep in mind, like, we've been fairly, we're a very anti-government family and have been for a long time. We've always been kind of woke to the propaganda, yeah. which is part of why I got in trouble so much in school. I'm not going to lie. But um, my brother came home and he's like, you know, I think he was like eight, nine years old at the time. And he's like, I know they're not supposed to tell us who they're voting for because they're not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, but they're basically, you know, they, they they're, will, they're showing up with Bill Clinton, you know, well, signs in his on. Situation, and, yeah. His teacher said, I'm not legally allowed to tell you who I'm voting for, but let's just say I'm not voting for this person or this person. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, hmm, I wonder who you're voting for then. Right. But yeah. So, and that, mm, that pissed my brother off. That rubbed him wrong. So I think that might have been actually his like, the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. that turned him more towards liberty was that moment yeah and that's what's so funny is that these people don't realize it's like you know well it's like that meme they say who radicalized you you did yeah <laughs> you, you guys did with based on your actions yeah they don't get it it was like me i am completely blameless <laughs> i'm just a perfect little angel over here wanting to force my ways upon you right exactly exactly and i had those experiences too and i would call it out i don't know I, oh yeah yeah i was never i i was very heavily taught you stand up and, and speak up if you feel something is wrong so i didn't care who it was if i felt something was wrong i was like uh yeah that's not appropriate you're not technically legally allowed to do that and <laughs> oh my god yeah those the, the teachers who were doing things wrong and knew it absolutely hated me but then I did have some teachers who never did shit like that because that wasn't their goal. Their goal was just to see happy, successful kids. Yeah. And they thought it was hysterical. Like I would complain like, yeah, the teacher did blah, 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 blah. And then that teacher would hear me and be like, she can't do that. Like, he yeah. was just, you know, like, but God, but I only had like three like that. That's the problem. <laughs> Four high schools. And I only had like three really supportive teachers. Very few and far between. And those that are good, they, they ain't going to stay long in the system. They'll, they'll go find something else to do. I yeah. know. There are ones out there who is harder and is in the right place. But the fact of the matter is they can't do everything. They can't counteract all the negativity. They can try. Yeah. And I commend them for, for trying because I know they want to do what's right. They want to work from within and they want to be a savior. And that's beautiful. That's noble. It's just... I'm sure there are going to be some kids that really did make a difference, but unfortunately the negative from all the others just outweigh it too much. Yeah. And it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And in my little podunk high school, we, we had it the other direction. So like our history teacher, he, you know, he would tell us about all of the virtues of Ronald Reagan and, uh, oh God. And, and Poppy Bush and all this. And uh, that, that's how he taught his, his history class. And then he would, uh, he would feign not being able to hear us. So anytime that we would have a question and as soon as it started going in a, uh, in a different direction, it'd be like, what's that? All right. Well, we're, we're going to move oh on from God. this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I know it's, it's horrible. The indoctrination, the propaganda, it's absolutely insane. And um, somebody on Twitter recently asked me, um, actually he said go ahead drop their at let's let's put them on blast right now i'm not gonna lie i don't remember i'm really terrible with ads and he's a fairly new follower so i don't really remember uh, i can think okay. of his profile i can think of his face i cannot <laughs> think of his name and um oh so i'm sorry he put his face I'm and sorry. not just leaving the egg okay i got you. i know i'm sorry it's not that i don't care about you follower it's just that i'm really bad with names and i do remember you have a crap load of jumbled up numbers in your names and that doesn't help i'm not gonna lie so um yeah if you're out there creating like a a username for a, for a website stop stop throwing the random yeah, I'm not collection gonna remember. of numbers i'm sorry yeah. i'm just not <laughs> but um he asked me how do you know something along the lines of how do you know you're you're protecting your kids from the propaganda like how do you know they're not teaching them the wrong messages in their curriculum even if you're homeschooling and that is a valid question because you can't even really rely on the mouths of others to give you like, you can't really rely on other moms to be like, oh yeah, this is so full of propaganda. It's insane. Some you yeah. can, but a lot of them just don't know how to recognize it. Yeah. You know, like, so they and just don't. With that, it. I mean, you're going to have to go through that material yourself. So exactly. And that, that is what I do. So like when I set up my kids, uh, um, 
online curriculum, I did. I did, I did look into the Ron Paul one. I didn't go with the Ron Paul one just because um, it's not accredited, if I remember correctly. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to take the risk right now because I'm going through custody shit. Yeah. So I better just choose something that'll make a little more happy. And um, so I dug around with several programs. Overall, the, I, I do like the program, but there are some times like with that freaking Inuit test where I'm just like, really? But the problem is I know I'm not going to be able to fully escape that. Yeah. So I can deal with the annoying, like poorly worded questions as long as there's no push for any propaganda you know like i mean yeah i am christian i don't want public school teaching christianity I, yeah and that I being don't. said i don't want them teaching uh satanism uh right. hinduism I don't trust them to teach religions <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's the last thing i would trust them to, to teach properly are yeah. you kidding i don't trust most churches to teach it properly why would i trust the public school system yeah it's like one of those things <laughs> where you just kind of touch on it's like uh it's like okay well this group of people that live in this country this is their main religion and then you just leave it there <laughs> yes you can kind of go over maybe some you know they you know the, the people of, of this religion celebrate these holidays and they eat a diet like this you know like that kind of stuff it's like okay, yeah you, you might be able to touch on just the basics but i mean we're not right. going to get like because I, I remember like in the eighth grade or the seventh grade you know, we had the, like this big thing about Egyptology and we got more in depth with the uh, ancient Egyptian uh, pantheon of gods. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, this is nonsense. I don't have to use this information ever. Right. Okay. Like, why do I need to memorize them all? Well, I'm never going to use that. They I did like, the same thing with why the aren't we gods. talking about Zoroastrianism? Because it was around during then and it's still around today. You know, that's at least a little cool, you know? <laughs> I know I remember being in sixth grade and we were so focused on like Greek mythology and stuff. And then like, yeah, the basics are fine, but like we had to get in depth with like all the lore and all the different versions of each God. And I'm like, okay, like I can understand why some people would find this interesting, but we have spent like four months on this and I'm kind of sick of it. Like, can we please move on to something else? You know, yeah, I'm yeah. never going to use this information. Yes. It's, it's kind of neat, but it's not anything that's important yeah you know like g give me the give me the basics give me the the most common most popular gods and what they were about just sum it up give me the basic gist if i feel like i'm really interested in this and i'm going to use this in the future then i will look into it which is what i did with other subjects i mentioned i was really into like the ancient aztecs and the mayans i'm not going to lie that's because i also got really caught up in the whole like ancient aliens shit and i was like oh my god what oh else is yes so i was like obsessed i was good reading... old giorgio sukalos oh my yes i did read him and um when i was like 15 and I didn't necessarily believe it all. I just found it. It's entertaining. Yes. It's it entertaining. Very entertaining. You know. And um, at the time I knew that was around the time I switched from wanting to be basically Steve Irwin <laughs> and switch into more Carl Sagan. Cause the idea of alien life always really fascinated me. And I was like, well, even if I just find like a bacteria, I'm going to lose my shit. Like that's, that's really cool. You know, that's a huge discovery. Yeah. So I wanted to get into that. And so I'm reading all this stuff on aliens. I was already very heavily into uh, alien conspiracy theories and crap by that age because yeah. I had no trust for the government. So then that's I'm right, folks. Harley was over there getting her head filled up with the Fermi paradox while you were just oh, sitting God. there sucking your thumbs. No, you have no idea. <laughs> like legit, you have no idea. I've been in this for a long time. Um, but um, so and then I'm reading all this stuff about like you know, the ancient Aztecs and the Mayans. I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. And so. I started going to the library and I'm reading more books and then they start mentioning like the elongated skulls and how people think it might be because of like alien inbreeding and all this crap. And I'm like, Ooh, you know, like, no, it turns out they just like, tied the heads of their babies to make them grow that way. <laughs> right. I was just like, Whoa, I would need to know more. And so, but that's what I did. I went, I, I would ask my stepdad to take me to the library and he would, and I would check out a bunch of books and I educated myself because it pertained to what I wanted to learn and what I wanted to be. Yeah, got interested in the subject. Amazing. Yes, yes. <laughs> and honestly, every kid has a subject, a weird little subject they're into, you know? Like some are obsessed with bugs, some are obsessed with dinosaurs, some are, you know, it doesn't, they all have something. And maybe that's part of the problem. We're so used to kids having those little interests, like, oh yeah, he's obsessed with blah, blah, blah. He'll get over it, he'll grow out of it. Well. 
he's going to grow out of it if you don't share his enthusiasm. Yeah. And if you don't feed into it. Yeah, because um, the parents don't like it. So therefore, it's, uh, I guess, yeah. I'm wasting my time with it. I don't really need yeah, to look at it. Yeah, they blow up. I was like, that's yeah. great, honey. That's great, kiddo. Like, you know, whenever they try to share information. And don't get me wrong. I understand the desire to do that. Oh my God, my son is like a little Neil deGrasse Tyson walking around getting all actually whenever I say something wrong about like a <laughs> random species of bugs. So, I mean, I, I get it. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try very hard to make a point to be like, wow, Gabe, I didn't know you knew this, all this information. That is really cool. You know, cause I want to keep that alive in him. Yeah. And I've got a five-year-old little girl and she will literally talk your head off. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, and the most of the time you're gonna say wow that's that's really great all right yeah. awesome and then of course in the back of my mind is like you can shut up now and right, go in a yeah, corner and be quiet and that'll be awesome but you're not going to do that right right absolutely <laughs> absolutely and um so but i i was that way as a kid oh my god i remember my biological father telling me at times like i need you to give me five minutes no talking <laughs> we're just gonna play the quiet game for a few yes, you know the, like he the, tried to be nice about game. it but i was like okay and i picked up on the patterns you know like oh he's telling me in this when i start talking about these subjects or if i start doing this yeah. and so it became discouraging i felt awkward i felt uninteresting i felt unwanted and i'm like well maybe the stuff i'm into is uninteresting maybe i shouldn't really be that into it yeah and i don't want that for my kids they need we're their parents bottom line we are yes. their parents we need to be their biggest supporters they're not going to get that kind of support in school even again even if the teachers want to do that that's yeah, beautiful. They, they just can't they yeah. can't they can't they have 35 kids in each class they can't remember all little jimmy is obsessed with this and little tammy is obsessed with that they just can't there's too much going on yeah you're the parent you got to keep that alive in them and when that is alive they learn how to learn. Essentially, they start self-educating. They go, wait a minute. I can look on this app and learn more information about this. I can go to the, to the library and find books on this. I can find shows on here and documentaries and watch that. That's big. Let them do that with any random obscure, what seems to be meaningless topic, because they're learning how to take initiative and self-educate. So then as time gets, goes on and they've really decided what career path they want to follow, what they want to be in their lives, they now know how to get their foot in the door and how to teach themselves that, especially if public school cannot teach them. Yep. So it's, it's a good idea that you got this project coming up, you know, trying yeah. to get all the, uh, the homeschooling stuff together and hopefully you'll be used as a resource going forward. So. Hopefully I do get a lot of people that ask me questions all the time just because I've been doing it for so long and I welcome it. I love it. And well, that's um, good. I mean, now you'll have a repository to, to send them to. Yes, absolutely. So really, I just, I get told all the time things like, I don't feel like I have the um, qualifications to teach my child. I don't feel like I have the patience. I don't feel like I have this and that and this and that. I'm just not qualified. Most likely you are. Yeah. You just, you've been told you, it's, what did public school tell you that yeah. you can't teach your child unless you have all these qualifications? Like where's, how ironic is that? Right. Yep. You can, you all can do it. I can do it. Anybody can do it. Sometimes you just need help putting the pieces together. And so hopefully I can help you guys put pieces yep. together. And it's, it's always too important to realize you're not the only person going through this. You're, you're, yes. you're no man is an Island. Uh, in this information age that we find ourselves in, uh, ignorance is a choice. You know, yes. there, there's too many people out there doing the same exact things, or maybe they're doing the a same thing, but different. And there's resources out there like yourself, uh, like others who are doing the homeschool thing. Yeah, getting together and building that community, even though it's online, you might be thousands or hundreds of miles apart. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. I mean, they're you're able to talk to each other. I mean, we can do this over, you know, the zoom and, you know, we can do it through video. We don't even have to remain to, you know, keep ourselves to audio only, but yeah, it's going forward. I mean, this is just going to have to be how we do things. And, yes. you know, I kind of, kind of jump on Jack Spearco's idea of uh, state jujitsu. You know, you're kind of getting around what the state is going to do to you and you're going to yes. use their own momentum against them. And so you yes. know, homeschooling is definitely one of those one of those tactics. So. It absolutely is. You need to start teaching your kids. Well, 
I feel like every child has it in them to question and to wonder and to just kind of take initiative. All you have to do is support it. And um, I do, I do hope to start a podcast um, in the near future regarding the subject because there's always new information. There are always new horror stories of public school. There's always new resources coming out, you know, so I would, I want to do that as well for, for the people who just don't, I mean, I don't even read blogs. I write the blogs. I don't actually read blogs, you know, but um, (laughs) somebody's out there reading them. Somebody is, somebody's out there reading them. So good for them. I'm happy. I'm happy to help. (laughs) uh, um, So yeah, hopefully, I mean, I just want. I really truly feel like there's a war on children. I really <laughs> yeah. Do. And multi-decade so, at this point. Absolutely. And so one of the biggest things we can do is let kids feel confident in themselves. Cause when you have capable children who are confident in their own, in their own abilities, they don't feel like they have to go to external power sources to keep them and others in line. That's right. So start raising those little freedom fighters right now because our next generation is going to need it. <laughs> big time, big time. It's like, I tell my kids all the time, it's like, I need warriors. I, I need you to embrace being uncomfortable. It's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, no, I have to have that conversation with myself. My daughter's really good. She's a tough little thing. She'll bump herself. She'll kind of go, ow, all right. Like, you know, yeah. she's, she's good. My son is learning how to be more like that you know like he'll scrape his knee he'll make a big deal out of it i'm like child you want to see all the scars i've got you know like i get i'm just like this one i got from blah 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 he's just like mortified i'm like you'll be fine you know yeah it's gonna hurt right now but i mean an hour from now i said that to him earlier yes he scraped his knee and i'm like it's gonna hurt right now it's not gonna hurt in 30 seconds yeah i understand yeah he's like okay got up he was fine you know yeah what you think you're the only kid who's fell down and skinned his knee no right right i'm like <laughs> i'm covered in various most okay 90 percent of my scars are probably from animal rehab honestly and they're everywhere because yeah, you're just they're gonna get like bit and scratched over. yeah oh yeah bit scratch i mean god i remember one time i turned around i'm cleaning in an aviary and a freaking big ass hawk is just at my face talons out i'm like oh shit and he wasn't trying to attack me he was really sweet he had a broken wing so i was the perfect height for him to get back up onto his perch Uh, but imagine the cuts and scratches i had from a literal hawk flying at my face yep not not a not a small burb (laughs) not at all no no it's not that that government's (laughs) surveillance drone has razor blades on its feet (laughs) right (laughs) exactly exactly so i'm like gabe you'll, you'll be fine like you've gone through worse and He's like, okay, but no, in a lot of ways, he's a very strong kid. He really is. He just doesn't handle physical pain well, but um, yeah, they I mean, need to build that confidence. Yeah, it's like, and you'll never know. It's like when you, about five, 10 years from now, I mean, he might be falling down, break his finger and not even notice it. <laughs> right, <laughs> later, right. So. I'm at that point. Oh my gosh. When I busted my, when I got a uh, boxer's fracture in my hand um, about two years ago, I, I, I was absolutely stupid. I went into work the next day. And I said, what do you want me to do? My hand is blue and swollen and nasty. And she's like, uh, go ask the other boss because I don't really know what to say right now. (laughs) So I go to him and he's like, hey, Harley. And I raise my hand. I'm like, hey, Garrett. And he's like, what did you do? (laughs) And I told him what happened. He's like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you right now. Like, this is the best. I'm so glad I hired you because you're always like something exciting every time you come into work. And I love this so much. So he's like flipping out and I'm like, okay, but how do I work now? He's like, just do beers and wines, no cocktails. So I legit was back to freaking (laughs) beers and wines. And three days later, I was doing cocktails again. And two weeks later, I was hired to teach. No, I was already hired. I first started teaching bartending. I didn't want my boss to know I busted my hand because I didn't want her to delay my work. So I just pretended my hand was fine and like hid it from her. And I was also back at the gym three days later. So my hand has not healed right. I can't bend my pinky anymore because I was very stupid, but I mean, I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to be slowed down. That was the important thing. Yeah. I was, I was young and dumb once myself and uh, yeah, my early twenties, you know, there was, there was a lot of fights. So uh, (laughs) I actually showed it on uh, Joshua Smith's uh, uh, show a couple of days ago. Yeah. Like both of the knuckles in my hands, they're, they're all busted up. Like they're like some, some of them are like two and three times the size of regular knuckles because of all the bones fused to get back together. Oh so my like, God. yeah. And so like on my, uh, my right hand, like if I hold out my fingers, like my middle 
uh, ring finger on that hand doesn't spread out all the way. (laughs) Yeah, I can't like I can't do a thumbs up with my right hand. It looks like I'm doing the like surf's up pose because I can't bend my pinky (laughs) and um, God, all the tendons and ligaments I've torn in my time and all the cuts and scrapes and God, I'm just I'm like covered. So, yeah, I look at my son and I'm just like, buddy, you'll be fine. Yeah, every single human that's that (laughs) has come before you has dealt with worse. Okay, (laughs) meanwhile, my daughter walked up to me a few months ago. Mommy, I got a loose tooth and she's barely wiggling a a molar. Molar. Yeah. Okay. She just looked at me smiling straight in the eyes, just ripped it out. Yeah, Her there mouth you go. Just bloody, and she's like, "Here you go." I'm like, "What the fuck, child?" <laughs> you know? So yeah, I have a. I call them my yin yang kids because they are very, very, very different from each other. Like they really are. But yeah. um, you know, she has confidence. She has a very strong willpower, and she always has. And my son has always been more anxious. So he, but he's come a very long way. He really has. So and especially since he's being able to succeed in these hobbies that he likes to pursue cooking, guitar, uh, yeah, it's all drawing, confidence builders. My language. It is, it's all confidence builders and watching them both grow and bloom and blossom because they're doing what they love to do and they're succeeding and they're being shown their progress in front of their faces. Like it's, it's amazing. They, they are, they just, everything blooms and sprouts a little more every single day. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's probably a perfect place to drop it off for this evening. Uh, Harley, go ahead and uh, drop all your plugs and we'll get everybody to get eyes on your blog. Yeah, I didn't actually say the name, did I? (laughs) (laughs) That might help. That might help. So the uh, blog is called Sprouts of Freedom. And like I said, I do plan on doing a podcast for it. I haven't started yet because life has just been really busy and it's going to be busy for the next like month, really. Um, So but it is definitely in the works. And um, yeah, it's basically just gonna be about, you know, what did we do to homeschool? Because I I, want to co-host. What did we do to homeschool our kids? What resources have we discovered? What deals did we find? What projects did we find? What, what's the news in public school information? You know, like, is there anything we need to watch out for, et cetera? And um, so I, I, yeah, I just want to help out with that. Yes, you mentioned Cryptid Bartender. I'm trying to get that back on the ground again. Life has just been kind of hard, but um, I'm trying, I'm trying. And um, yeah, if you follow me, if you don't follow me on Twitter, my at is rebel scum, Han, Han, whatever you want to say. I don't really, really matter. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, <laughs> Matters to some of us Star Wars nerds. Oh, I know, but it's because it's a pun <laughs> on my first name. So that's why I give it. Yeah, some yeah. And um, also I do have an Etsy shop that a lot of you are, I have a lot of new followers discovering this. So yeah, link in my bio if you want to buy some stuff from me and support. Yeah, so if I'm you want a rolling so tray or a right penis light, I'm, yeah, it's I'm all, it's be all so there. Shameless. Please support the single struggling mother. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. If not um, her, who, right? Right, right. Oh, that's how I sold. I sold so many shirts that said punch government in the dick because yes. AOC put up that tax the rich shirt and I retweeted and I said, you can either spend 65 bucks supporting a politician or you can spend 25 and, and support a struggling mother. Yeah, there you and go. I made so much money that weekend. It was great. That but, was awesome. Um, it's true though, it's true. Anyway, yeah, that's all I'm gonna plug for right now. Awesome. Well, Harley, it's always a, it's always a blast having you on. I think this is like <laughs> your third or fourth appearance, something like that. So it's, yes. uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're one of my favorites out there. So, uh, oh, you're one of my favorites too. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and let you go and uh, I'll talk to you uh, around the timeline. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. And there she goes, folks. Harley, Cryptid Bartender, has got her new little blog. You're not going to go have to go too far to look for all those links because I'll have those uh, down below in the show notes. And you are looking at the show notes, right? Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Uh, so head on over there. Definitely help her out. Uh, if you guys want to help me out, that's great too, because I have the one thing that every red-blooded American human being on this planet Earth needs, and that is wonderful, delicious Italian coffee. And if you head on over to lorenzotti.coffee and put in my promo code RWAC at checkout, you're going to save yourself 10% on every order. And if you order anything over 15 bucks, it's automatically free shipping. So why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, it's great stuff. So anyways, guys, uh, take it easy. We'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Uh, Next week, we are going to have uh, the great and wonderful Tappy. Uh, We're doing a Scorched Earth 
episode. Uh, probably gonna make some people mad. Might make you might make you laugh a little bit, but I guess we'll find out. We'll see. We'll see if uh, we'll we'll see if we can get uh, Tappy upset. I guess I, I'm not really gonna try to make her upset. I, I kind of want laughs, but uh, that's okay. And then uh, also, guys, I started my side project, the Dumb Action Movie Podcast. It's going to be available on a separate feed. Uh, you may have already noticed that the first episode was up in this feed. We, uh, I kind of roasted uh, Missing in Action, starring uh, Chuck Norris from 1984 on it. And uh, next week's episode is going to be uh, a great episode, but that's only going to be on the other feed, and I will uh, link it down in the show notes as well. And I'm not going to give away what it's going to be, but it's also going to be from the 1980s because it's like the favorite decade for dumb action movies. But anyways, guys, take it easy, and we'll come at you next week with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Ouch!